everybody. Welcome to episode 27 of the Everyday Scout. Pretty eventful week in the NFL world this past week with the divisional round of the playoffs being played and our first coaching hires of the offseason, the offseason for those teams, obviously, that aren't in the playoffs uh, with Urban Meyer going to the Jaguars, Robert Salah going to the Jets, and Brandon Staley going to the Chargers. So we'll dive into those hires a little bit in our news segment and then like last week, we'll preview the upcoming playoff games. This time, just two games, conference championships, um, Buffalo at Kansas City, and, of course, Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers should be two great games, a lot uh, high-scoring games, a lot of points scored, four great quarterbacks. Um, but before we get to that, uh, give it to Connor with the news, like usual, and he'll go on his little Chargers Brandon Staley spiel. Yeah, so we only have two head coach openings left. On the last episode, we said we were waiting for the first domino to fall, and then it was kind of all just going to be a mess and everybody scrambling after. It didn't seem that frantic this year, but, you know, a week ago we said Urban's probably not going to take the Jags job. Uh, and then he did the day after, mm-hmm. obviously, the day after we recorded. And it's just kind of everybody's been filled up since then. Um, Obviously, you know, the Chargers hiring Brandon Staley, us, myself included as a diehard Chargers fan, and everybody else in the football world assumed this was Brian Dable's job until the Bills lost. I do not think this hire was rushed. I don't think it was, you know, if the Bills had lost and they had successfully interviewed both candidates uh, this last weekend after they got eliminated, I still think Staley would have been a guy. They've been very adamant about he was the top guy the entire time, but the Chargers have probably been the most like sneaky organization in the league just for everything. Um, nothing is ever leaked. I We never know who the Chargers are picking on draft day, no matter what, which is I, – I can't really say that about another team. I don't know if you can. Um, I'd say the paid park teams are pretty similar in that regard. But yeah, but the majority of the league, it's pretty cut. Right, yeah, no, that that's stuff point. comes out – um, but yeah, I, I do like the Staley hire. Um, he was, I believe on my top three in the final list. I think I had dabble. I think my final list was like dabble Staley, Salah and Joe Brady. And I would have been fine with any of those guys. Um, but I definitely preferred Staley over Salah because Salah runs that 49er Seattle Legion of boom four, three deep cover three sky that you don't make a single adjustment throughout the entire game. And if you don't get the pass rush, you lose. Um, very sick and tired of that. And Brandon Staley has been called the Sean McVay of defense by Sean McVay himself. Um, he's only been in the NFL for four years. So that's, that's the craziest thing is that, you know, when Brandon Staley first got hired as an NFL assistant, the Chargers were already in Los Angeles. And now he's our head coach. Uh, he doesn't have to go very far coming from the Rams. He literally just got to walk across the field there. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I did a lot of research last week on the other candidates listening to some of the Chargers writers and, you know, beat reporters talking about the other options. And they all actually preferred Staley to Dabble, to my surprise. Um, you know, Dabble, obviously, he's an offensive mastermind. He's had some struggles. He's a four-time OC. This is kind of the first time it's worked. Um, and he's a booth guy. He's not very outspoken. Um, whereas, you know, Staley is only 38 years old. He's the fourth youngest head coach in the NFL now. Doesn't just like 
he doesn't have the direct, you know, like 15 year experience, but he's one of the most impactful coaches right away. I mean, he came into that Rams defense. Yes. I know with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and a bunch of other pieces. And they were the number one defense in the league this year, both pass and run. Um, and that's because he's just, he's three years ahead of it. Um, you know, everybody in the league's running that cover three, four, three defense still pretty much. I'd say probably half the league is. Um, and nobody really runs their base formation. Like Staley's base defense is a three, four, but pretty much 80% of every team's play in the league nowadays is nickel or some sort of nickel uh, coverage. And Staley's like his claim to fame is that, you know, everybody else from the cover three and he's in a quarters look or he's in, he runs too high the entire game, whether it's a one, a zero or a cover four. Well, I will probably never play cover three again. I'm just going to be completely different. Um, but he's famous for this. He kind of invented his own defensive front. You know, he has an Eagle front, which is a notorious three, four defense uh, where you have one nose tackle uh, trying to get a double team in the zero. And then your two DNs are kind of just outside D tackles and they're playing in a four eye. So they're not necessarily in the four hole. They're not over the guards, but the eye just means they're on the inside shade of the guards. So theoretically the offense is going to have to double team all three of those guys or at least two of them. And he's in this kind of weird wide nine look in, in the three, four where the two outside linebackers are lined up in a wide nine, but that four eye shade means they're just tackling the guard doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, that's, it's kind of how we saw a guy like Leonard Floyd come back and have a career year. He's somebody that might come over to the chargers because this entire defensive team just kind of said like coach Staley changed everything here. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has been tooting his horn saying he's the best coach he's ever had. Obviously he was in Jacksonville for the majority of his career. So it's not saying much. Um, but you know, our old defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley was Ramsey's head coach and going from the worst defense coordinator in the NFL to the best is a good thing. I'm, very curious to see who the offensive coordinator is going to be. Obviously, you know, we all thought it was offense all the way because of Justin Herbert and his development. Um, currently, our offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, is still under contract. I don't expect him to return or our quarterback coach, Pat Hamilton. Um, a lot of people thought, you know, they could just keep them both for consistency purposes for Herbert. I think it's time to innovate. I know it worked last year, but Herbert has the tools. He could pretty much work in any offense. And I think I think it's already spoken enough about how those two are going to end up leaving because the Chargers actually have requested other offensive coordinators to interview, including Kevin O'Connell from the Rams. Um, so Staley actually tried to bring both coordinators from the team we share a stadium with, but Sean McVay blocked it. And Sean McVay is notorious. You know, he has his own coaching tree already at 34. He's never blocked an interview before. Um, and, you know, this season you can't block head coach or GM interviews for the first time. But since it would be a lateral move from offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator, you are allowed to block it. Uh, obviously, you know, McVay is calling the plays over there for the Rams, and he would be our play caller for the Chargers. But since it's the same job title, I believe unless we were to reconvene and offer him the assistant head coach position, so there's some sort of elevation of power, that is pretty unlikely. And I, he's been bringing a lot of D3 guys to the staff already. I know we took the Raiders tight end coach to be our run game coordinator. Uh, we're hiring – Staley got his first job at John Carroll University, which is a very low-key, like, football pipeline, which I had never heard of John Carroll University. 
until a couple of days ago. It's where our general manager, Tom Telesco, played football. And between playing and coaching, I think they've had five GMs and like eight head coaches have some interaction with John Carroll University, which is really weird. But yeah, we'll, we'll see who the offense coordinator is. Um, you know, it's, he had to have had some plan and just wowed them, which doesn't surprise me because everything I've read, this guy eats, sleeps, breathes football. You know, McVeigh said that Brandon Staley is a psychopath when it comes to football. Like he might like it more than McVeigh does himself. Uh, he's, a, he's a cancer survivor at the age of 37. Uh, he's just a very passionate guy. And I think, he, you know, he's not the Robert Salah, Urah kind of guy, but I, I really think he just strikes everything that we need in a new head coach. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with a lot of what you touched on. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned how everyone kind of expected it to be dabble just because, like, that Josh Allen-Justin Herbert deal. Um, and I know I, along with, I think, you, a few other people that we t- have talked to about this, like, um, not a huge fan of the defensive head coach when you have a young, talented quarterback. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, as you said, like, it really all comes down to the OC because, like, a great OC can mitigate that. So that's that's what's in Buffalo right now. Exactly. Um, and so – I just think that it's really interesting Staley coming to the Chargers because the Chargers defensive personnel, like you can say like, oh, well, you know, Brandon Staley had arguably the two best defensive players in the NFL, you know, and a defensive lineman, Aaron Donald, and a corner, Jalen Ramsey. Well, the Chargers have Joey Bosa and Derwin James. Um, so, you know, he has those two elite pieces that he can move around there. And then you mentioned Leonard Floyd having a breakout year, maybe even coming to the Chargers. I look like at a guy like Uchenna Nuosu, you know, not totally a similar player, but an edge guy who, you know, hasn't been bad, but, you know, maybe hasn't lived completely up to potential, maybe taking a leap similar to Leonard Floyd, you know, in this next year with Brandon Staley. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's a great hire. I mean, every, he's young, full of energy. So um, I agree. It's not what we expected, but I, I think it'll work. We kind of knew the entire time it was going to be one of these two guys as soon as the Salah of the Jets news happened because we weren't really that interested in any, any of the other guys. Um, and, you know, the most exciting thing, you know, obviously a healthy Derwin. Um, Bosa is going to be playing all three of those interior spots. I mean, we might even see some formations where Bosa is that wide nine stand-up outside linebacker if we happen to draft an early edge rusher. So that'll be really exciting to watch. But the guy to I, I'm calling it now. You know, we we haven't even started practicing this defense yet, uh, and obviously it's going to change week to week, which is one of the best things about Staley, because um, one week he'll run in all quarters, one week he'll run cover one. Actually, makes halftime adjustments. Uh, the Rams, I think, this, like the Rams, the first half of the season only gave up like nine total touchdowns in the second half, uh, which is just absurd. Um, but I think the player to watch, and I'm, I'm calling my shot now, the player to watch on this defense is Kenneth Murray. And obviously that Leonard Floyd breakout, but I think schematically Kenneth Murray's going to bump outside into that wide nine role. I think we're just going to leave Drew Tranquil and hopefully a returning Denzel Perryman in that middle linebacker spot. But, you know, in this, in the two safety look, you know, three, four, traditionally two middle linebackers, and we're going to have two, two deep safeties that, it's pretty much a three safety. It's like, it's basically nickel. Um, it's what everybody runs. So we'll probably see, you know, Drew Tranquil and Derwin James at the middle linebacker spots, which allows – it's kind of and Kenneth Murray just kind of free rushers off yeah, the Yeah, Murray just running. Yeah, let him use – Yeah, and it's 
the beginning of the year, he was at middle linebacker. He was a play caller, which he'd never done before. Uh, he's, he's really not used to having the sticker on his helmet, and he was just very uncomfortable. And we didn't really see him break out until like week 12 or 13 this year. So that's definitely my guy to watch. But obviously, you know, there's other hires around the league, most notably Urban to the Jags, which neither of us expected to happen. You know, you don't believe it till you see it kind of thing. And then he actually was the first one to be cracked. Um, and that was kind of a domino effect. So we actually, on our last show, estimated or guessed you know, our, our pairings between head coaches and teams. And unless Joe Brady goes to the Texans, then we went a clean 0 for 7 this coaching cycle. But, again, that was all contingent on us saying Urban was not going to the Jags. Right, um, yeah. No, it's um, – because you know, we have as soon as that happens, that. Right. Jets and Salah were kind of a done deal in everybody's eyes. Yeah, I mean, I like Salah to the Jets too. Just, you know – that classic, as you said, like, oorah, energy guy. I like him and Douglas. Those are two, like, you know, obviously everyone in the NFL is a football guy, but they just feel like, you know, really down-to-business, serious guys, um, defensive guys. I feel like they'll become a big physical team. They already have Mekhi Becton, but Joe Douglas has, you know, a history of drafting like that, and Robert Salah fits in perfectly with that. Same thing, young quarterback, in Sam Darnold or potentially new quarterback and a defensive guy. Yeah. So interesting to see how that works out. Um, Arthur Smith to the Falcons, Dan Campbell to the Lions. Um, and as you said, Urban to the Jags, which I think will work. Um, also in the news, no NFL combine, unfortunately. One of our favorite events of the year. You know, Close behind the Super Bowl, honestly, if I'm being completely honest. It's a great weekend. Um, but we'll just have to enjoy the Senior Bowl even more this year, which is – next week um so that'll be aired on nfl network i believe um all right so as we know last week the packers defeated the rams by two scores in lambo and will be hosting the tampa bay buccaneers who beat the saints 30 to 20 uh 10 nothing in the fourth quarter as tom brady closed out drew Brees' career and then the bills advanced and the chiefs advanced with chad henney by the skin of their teeth a great win for andy reed um, really showing how well-rounded that team is without Mahomes. Hopefully he'll be back, and we both fully expect him to be healthy, you know, quote-unquote healthy uh, for the game. Yeah, really really quickly, what what are your thoughts on the touchback rule? Because we've never actually discussed that, it. Yeah, that's a good one. point. We should touch on that. Um, like, I, I agree that it just – it seems like cruel and unusual punishment for the offense fumbling out of the back of the end zone. Um and I heard, like, I, I either heard it on TV at one of the halftime shows or saw it on Twitter. But, you know, I'd be a fan of offense keeps the ball and it, and it you know, bring it back to the 20. Because yeah. if you think about that, the longest penalty, other than pass interference, spot foul, you know, longest penalty is 15 yards, personal foul, right? Mm-hmm. That would be a 20-yard penalty. So we're talking about a I – mean, And a loss of down. Okay, sure, yeah, and a loss of down. So, like, it, we're talking about a serious penalty, but – I, I just have an issue with giving the ball to the defense when they don't touch the ball at all. Yeah. And like, the defense has – I get the offense. The other, the other problem that. with yeah. not this rule, but the play that occurred was the non-reviewable right. no, no call on the dirty hit by Daniel Sorensen. Right. Because, you yeah. know, as everybody clearly saw, it was a, a helmet-to-helmet hit. You know, I've, 
I've been watching Dan Sorensen for a while. Obviously, been in my division forever. He's a dirty player. There's not really another way about it. Dirty Dan, uh, I believe, is what he goes. Yeah, by. Dirty Dan's his nickname. He, he he earned that for a reason. But you know, my my suggestion to the league, I won't write Roger because he won't read it. Um, would be if it's second and goal at the five, you run that in. That ball's fumbled out the back of the end zone, out the side of the end zone, whatever. When you're reaching off for the pylon, third and goal to twenty. Lost it down. Offensive touchback or at least in, in the same red zone, obviously not, not an 80 yard drive on third and goal. Right. Um, I just, like, like you said, besides a pass interference spot foul on a, on a just chuck up a huge penalty still, it's huge. the most egregious penalty you yeah. can get. Right. Um, um, I do believe there has to be some for some form of punishment, you know, obviously the Patriot way. Right. Um, you, you can't just fumble it out the end zone and just get it back at the one. Right. No, I, exactly. But like, I don't think that's in the, the discussion. Defense, like the defense has to earn For it to be off. an automatic turnover. Yeah. It's just, no, it's ridiculous. Like the, de- the defense has to earn the ball. You have to recover the ball. You have to intercept yeah. the ball. You have to do something to get the ball. I think we both agree. And I think now that, you know, it came up and had a big impact and a big game, it will be looked at a lot more closely by the competition committee this offseason. Um, yeah, hope, hopefully I agree. I, I really hope it's not like the offensive PI rule. You know, we saw that famously in the playoffs with the Saints two years ago. Yeah. And they implemented uh, a challenge rule right after the, the immediate season, and they got rid of it because it just didn't work. Uh, so hopefully they get it right this time or at least do something. Because um, it, it doesn't happen very often, but it seems to only happen in key moments, which I'm sure the league has noticed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going through the games, I mean, we have Tampa at Green Bay and Buffalo at Kansas City. I think this is what we expected. Um, you know, the Rams and Jared Goff, just offensively, we, we knew it was going to be the Cam Akers show. Uh, Cam Akers, five-star quarterback coming out of high school, actually got so much wildcat last game. I loved it. He's a good player. He's a good guy. Uh, he really is. And, you know, the reports came out. You know, we've never been very high on Jared Goff. The reports obviously came out yesterday or the day before that the McVay-Goff relationship is pretty much tarnished. You know, it's, it's no Carson Wentz. You know, it's funny. Those guys are back-to-back in the same draft. Um, but when McVay was asked at a press conference, you know, is Jared Goff uh, not starting quarterback? They asked if he was on the roster next year. And he said, you know, every position's up for evaluation, which, you know, I love that answer. Yeah, it's a very uh, Belichick. It's not, I, it's not I love Jared. He's my quarterback. He's no, you're not lying to the media right to their fucking face. I love that. Um, we'll see what they do. Because, you know, they're very handicapped in terms of draft capital, uh, I believe. And, you know, just $136 million to Jared Goff is not good for anybody besides Jared Goff and his family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rodgers looked immaculate in that game. Um, yeah, I mean – the AFC games really were the good ones this week. I never felt like – I felt like the Packers and the Bucks were always going to win in the two NFC matchups. Um, but Bills-Ravens, being the lowest scoring game of the week, obviously only a 20-point total, um, I, I still loved it. It was very sloppy on both sides. You know, Justin Tucker missing two field goals, you kind of knew it was over at that point. He's never missed two field goals in a game, I believe. He's missed four playoff field goals in his long career, and – there was two this game and one the week before. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was an intriguing game just because, like, any time you have two young, talented quarterbacks, like, early in the yeah. career, like, playing a big playoff game, like, it's important because, like, think about how we talk about 
these veteran quarterbacks now, like Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, like so much of it is the playoff record and resume. Because, you know, that's, you know, the biggest moments, you know, whether it's fair or not. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, those years that Drew Brees, you know, wasted good teams. Or or I shouldn't say Drew Brees wasted because, you know, it's team team wins and losses here. And, like, Rodgers. But, you know, so these wins and losses in that playoff record column for Lamar and Josh Allen, like, you know, 10 years from now when they're veterans and are shaping their, you know, their all-time legacy, like, these will matter. Um, so it was a big win for Josh Allen. Yeah, and, you know, before we break down these upcoming matchups, it's the contrast. We talked about it last week with the four. But, like, the contrast this week, you know, we have AFC, you know, hopefully Patrick Mahomes uh, is what we expect. You know, it's 25 versus 24, and we got Brady and Rodgers. We got 37 and 43. So, no matter what, it's going to be – you're going to see passing of the torch graphics for all of – every day going to the game. No matter – even if it's – if it's the Rodgers-Allen combination, it's all you're going to see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, they're great quarterbacks, and they should both be high-scoring games, hopefully. So um, let's start with Tampa Bay and Green Bay in Lambeau. Um, and I'll, be, I'll talk about the Buccaneers a little bit, and then Connor will touch on the Packers and what they need to do to win. Um, so, you know, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to come out of Lambeau with a win and host the Super Bowl in their own stadium, remember, that's what's at stake here for them. Um, First time ever. Right. Like, I, I think – I guess this is overly simplistic, but, like, Brady's going to have to play on an elite level, right? Do we know they would host – who's the home, who would be the home team? Or I, I know in Tampa Bay, yeah. Yeah, I'd be playing – because I think the possibility of them being a weights team in their own stadium is even funnier. Yeah, well, so wait, who was <laughs> the – the NFC will be home this year because the 49ers were in white last year, right? All right, you might be right. Yeah, we'll see. okay, yeah, so NFC will be home. So, yes, the Bucks would be in their home jerseys, in their home stadium. Um, but to get out of Lambeau with a win, I mean, Rodgers and this Packers offense is playing at such – it's not just how explosive they are. They don't turn the ball over ever. You're going to have to outscore them. You're not going to slow them down. You can say all the stuff like, oh, you got to make the game one-dimensional. That's just not going to happen. And even if you do – the Buccaneers have no one in their defensive backfield that's going to be able to remotely check Devontae Adams. So I think, like, it's going to come down to, you know, the Bucks. yeah, they'll try to run the ball and all that, but the Packers are going to put up points, and Tom has to play. You know, he has to have a classic performance, and it remains to be seen whether – I mean, he's had, you know, elite games, you know, this year. So I think he still has it in him. Obviously, it remains to be seen if, you know – this Sunday is one of those games, but I mean, they're going to have to score 30 plus. I don't think there's any way around that to win. Um, and Tom has played, I would say he played well against Washington and fine against new Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. He's still able to push the ball downfield. He and his receivers weren't able to quite connect on a few of those big plays, but they're going to have to next week. And Tom's going to have to play mistake-free football and make some big-time throws. Um, so it'll be fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, what do you think the Packers – what's their key to victory? Yeah, and, you know, these two teams obviously played earlier this season where we watched uh, famously Rodgers march down the field to do his famous famous belt celebration that got called back. And then 
It's downhill from they there. got absolutely yeah, just absolutely <laughs> torched. The Bucks ended up winning that game thirty-eight to ten. I don't know if we've seen a game from Rodgers like that in the last couple of years. He had 160 yards, two interceptions, and no touchdowns. Um, that was a long time ago. Obviously, that was uh, week six, I believe, week seven-ish around there. Um, but, you know, the Packers, obviously their key to last week I mentioned was, you know, keeping Rodgers upright. You know, Aaron Donald obviously didn't play a lot this game because that injury was more serious than we expected. He is, he is a superhuman, but at the end of the day, he is human. Um, but, you know, I, I talked about the loss of David Bakhtiari and you, if, if you told me he was playing in that game, I would have believed it. Um, they far and away have the best offensive line in the NFL. Elton Jenkins for the, is a rising star. Yeah. <laughs> Elton Jenkins could start at any of the five offensive line positions for any team in the league. He's a great player. Um, I don't, I don't think that's, that. I might, be. I, I think he seriously could. I mean, he does for them. Uh, right no he's 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 i don't remember the last time i I mean aside from that buccaneers packers matchup at the beginning of the year i don't remember the last time i saw rogers in distress yeah so that's i don't even think they have to worry about it this week um i think i think the keys to this game are on the defensive side of the ball you know my preseason pick for the super bowl was bucks chiefs and my thought process with the bucks you know was a very popular pick was i didn't expect them to start very hot you know, no preseason, so much changeover. Obviously, Tom coming into that system, a very, very young defense. You know, that preseason affected his team more than most because they've probably been the most inconsistent team in football. Whereas the last month, they've just kind of been firing in all cylinders. Um, you know, aside from that Washington game with the Taylor Heineke Magic, they haven't really played in very many, like, really close games. You know, obviously, the New Orleans game is a 10-pointer, uh, but it it never really felt like it was going to go the other way at any point. Um, but the Green Bay defense, you know, I really think they're going to have to stop this run this game. And, you know, this is one of the more balanced attacks in the NFL uh, coming from Tampa Bay, but I do think they rely on the run game more than people like to think. Ronald Jones was still affected by his injury last week. Leonard Fournette looked great. Um, I don't think he's good, but he had a good game. And they're going to really struggle just guarding anybody because, you know, Jair Alexander is probably a top three, top, he's at least top five corner football. Yeah, right he's now. a top five corner for sure. Um, I think you're not going to see a lot of Mike Evans this week, which we didn't really last week because Marshawn Lattimore famously can only cover Mike Evans and can cover him very well. He still scored. Uh, or did they call that back? I don't remember. He scored. Um, it was a nice. It was a nice um, goal line. Nice play. little jump ball because he has a seven uh, seven inch advantage on him. Yeah. But yeah, I think Jair is going to clamp him. I don't know if he's going to follow him uh, across, but you know the Packers are probably going to draft a corner this year because Kevin King probably couldn't cover either of us. Uh, you know he's on the almost on that Jamal Adams level of just not being able to play uh, in coverage. So I think it's a big Goglin Antonio Brown game. You know, it's you're looking for a bet. You know, maybe throw a Scotty Miller anytime touchdown on there. That might be a little hot, depending on what the odds are. Um, but I really think the defense is going to need to step up because the way this Green Bay offense has been playing, I don't even worry about it. Aaron Jones will have a casual 20 touches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. I have no doubt. If Rodgers throws an interception, then that entire offense is going to just be completely thrown off. We stopped throw two against this defense earlier in the season, obviously. Um, but I, 
I don't expect him to throw in this game. Yeah, like you mentioned the previous game and how long ago it was. Like, I agree. I don't really think it holds much relevance to this mm-hmm. matchup. You know, they were different teams. Right. They were different teams. It was in a different venue, different time of the year. Pretty much everything was different. Um, I just, I just hope that we see, you know, if this is the last Brady Rogers we get, then um, it, it's an, it's an amazing stage for it to be, um, you know, arguably two of the top five quarterbacks that have ever played in the NFL um, to yeah. face off for a trip to the Super Bowl. I don't, um, I don't think it's the last time we're going to see it. It might be at this scale. Right. Um, you yeah. know, I think, I think they're both going to play each other next year, obviously. But, you know, I was sad to see Drew Brees go out like that. But we yeah. kind of expected it. We kind of expected yeah. it, but it was really worst-case scenario. They just couldn't get over – they had some really good teams the past few years, and they just – some calls went against them, but they also choked. Like they were, all of those losses were at home. I get some calls go against you, but like, come on. I mean, come just on. this week, the saddest thing is, like, if Janice Winston comes out in the second half, they win this game. And I don't think that's a bold statement. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Drew was a liability, and you know he's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's. <sighs> He completely set a new bar with, in terms of completion percentage and efficiency. Like he was the first seventy percent completion passer and did it the past like four years. Completely unprecedented. And, and I mean, we're watching him. You know, barely even able to throw it. Like Breeze couldn't throw a ten yard out right now. And <laughs> he cannot drive. I the think he had. I th- and I think he had a four yard stretch of five thousand passing yards in a season. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, just, yeah. It just goes to show, like, we're watching Brady and Rodgers this year. Obviously, Brady has a few years on Rodgers, but it, there isn't a steeper decline at any position in sports than quarterback. Because we, we're watching Rodgers win the MVP this year. He could, I mean, I don't expect Rogers that to happen. Because Breeze never had that arm strength to begin with, necessarily. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it it's going to happen like that when it does. Yep. Uh, anyways, back to Packers Bucks. Packers are favored by three right now. I think that's a pretty fair line. Um, I agree. I'd probably I I just see the Packers winning. I just I get that sense yeah. from from the way Rodgers is playing in that offense, not the whole mentality of that team that this is the year Rodgers gets back to a Super Bowl. I think we all want to see it. As much as I love Tom Brady, he's had his turn playing in Super Bowls. I would love to see Rodgers get another crack. He's only been there once, and he played a great game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2010 when he was there. Um, so that would be great to see. Now, in the AFC, the later game at 640, the Buffalo Bills traveled to Arrowhead Stadium. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes technically injured, but he's practicing tomorrow, so he'll definitely play. It's a little bit of questionable questionable situation, but – I don't think either of us can imagine him missing this game. And, you know, obviously Buffalo will be the underdog in this game. The line's at three right now, and that's with Mahomes not completely healthy. So expect that number. Uh, that's just that's just a home field advantage, three. Right. Um, so expect that number to go up in the coming days as we get closer to the game. Um, like, uh, like Buffalo to win this game, for anyone to win at Arrowhead right now, they're obviously going to have – it goes without saying you have to be good in the red zone and – you know, play well defensively in the red zone. You have to win the turnover battle. You have to pressure Mahomes. 
Um, so those are all pretty obvious keys to the game. But I'm going to go with Josh Allen making some plays with his legs um, because he's been great. He's made great improvements throwing the ball this year. We saw last week he struggled a little bit, missed a few big throws. But he also did not gain very much yardage on the ground. He had, let's see, seven carries for three yards against the Ravens, and the offense scored 10 points, as opposed to Indianapolis playing another good defense, scoring almost 30, and he carried it 11 times for 54 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, whether it's more of a college thing, but even in the NFL, just like a quarterback making plays with their feet, designed run or not, gives the defense so much more to worry about. And, you know, I think this will be a close game because – the Chiefs have been playing close games recently, and the Bills are hot. I think it gives that offense just that little extra kick when they might not be able to execute as well as they would like to in Arrowhead where there will be some fans and the weather will not be great, I would assume. Um, so, yeah, I think especially in the red zone because they're going to need touchdowns, not field goals. Um, so look for him to use his legs to get in the end zone this Sunday as opposed to last Sunday when he wasn't able to do that. Yeah, and, you know, the, the biggest thing for Kansas City, obviously, is a healthy Patrick Mahomes. If if we're sitting here Thursday night and Patrick Mahomes is ruled out for this game, they're not winning. No. I, there's, there isn't a single scenario where Chad Henney wins this football game. I, it might still just, be close, but they would not. Yeah. I, not. Zero out of 100 times would, would they win that game. Um, so that's obviously the biggest thing. You know, as soon as he got up from that injury, he wobbly – Live television, everybody's talking about it. He couldn't walk. Um, But we still don't – like, he's in the protocol, but I don't know if it's technically been ruled a concussion yet. I've I've heard some mixed things on what the injury was. I heard an interesting theory about his neck. This is pure speculation. But, like, some blood Um, got cut off or something like that. It was was something that might have caused him to stumble like that besides a concussion. But watching that play and as somebody who's had a concussion before, that's what he, he had. A, he got a concussion. He got knocked the fuck out. Um, but the NFL will not play this game without Patrick Mahomes in it. Um, so that, that's the difference between, you know, Chad Henney going out there and losing this game. You know, Kendall Hinton can play for the Broncos, sure. But they're not going to allow Chad Henney to go out there and start in the AFC Championship game for the defending Super Bowl champions. They're not going to let it happen. I'm sorry. Um, but the other keys to the game, you know, on offense – I really think a healthy Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to change this. You yeah, know, totally agree. These are the two teams in the league. Well, first off, the four remaining teams are, I believe, all in the top eight in terms of passing, whereas they just don't need to run the ball. You know, all, all four of these teams could throw the ball on every down. It would work. Um, we saw Buffalo actually do that last they week. Tried, yeah. They tried, yeah. No, they, 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 they literally didn't run the ball because they don't have a running back. Um, and the Chiefs do that too. So you know, it's, both these quarterbacks are playing. I don't, I don't care what the what the line is. You're taking the over. You have to. Life's too short to bet the under. Um, just if if Clyde Edwards Hilaire's back, you know, I, I obviously you know we want to see Mahomes and Josh just absolute battle. But a healthy Clyde can change this game. You know, Le'Veon doesn't exist. Uh, he got out touched Daryl Williams, I believe, seventeen to two last week. Um, Daryl Williams actually looked pretty good. He's always just kind of been a really great change of pace guy. I mean, but it's the I, running back position. I mean, who? What's the value there? Yeah, but I think I think a healthy Clyde can go out there and give up 15 touches for 150 total yards. Which, you know, this Bills defense only gave up three points to the Ravens last week. Should have been nine. 
Um, obviously, you can't just give them missed field goals, but with Justin Tucker, it's a very rare occurrence. Uh, but not even giving up a touchdown last week is absurd. But, you know, again, it's, it's, that was a run-first team, and this is a pass-first team. Um, I just, you know, I'm going to love watching Trey White and Tyreek go at it. Um, I just, it's, no one's going to be able to guard Travis Kelsey. <laughs> the same thing it's Travis, been every yeah, single week. Travis, I will say this about Travis Kelsey. Like, I still don't want to call him Gronk just because where my loyalties lie and what Gronk's able to do in the run game. But he has reached the level of – like, you cannot guard – yeah, as you Travis said. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, oh, easily. Like, he cannot be stopped. Yeah. Um, he does it in a different way than Gronk. Um, creates more separation more than just – you know, out it's not even physical domination, but you cannot guard him and he will, and he'll take it 20 yards after the catch, which is what, you know. Yeah. See, the thing is, is he's not even a, like necessarily a great route runner. He just always finds the open space. He runs a Very lot sad. of deep curls, a lot of deep curls sitting between those zones. Um, and it's, he's, he's eight for one, 12 and one every week. I mean, if there was a year, you know, obviously Derrick Henry going over 2,000 yards, we'll see. If there was a year for a tight end to an offensive player of the year, it would be this year. I don't, I don't believe he ended up leading the league in receiving yards because he didn't play in week 17. And Diggs um, – I think Diggs' big week at the end did it for him. But, yeah. Yeah. He had an amazing um, year. But if, if the Kansas City defense can get one turnover from Josh Allen, and if I said that a year ago, you would have laughed at me. And if I'm saying it now, you're going to laugh at me for the other reason because Josh just hasn't been turning the ball over. He's a changed man, obviously. But if if Tyran can do Honey what he did last Honey week, Badger's going to get one off of him. Strip sack, you know that, it's that read he had. You know, obviously Baker was forcing the ball and they were down a couple possessions. But if, if Tyran can get one from Josh, I think he's going to be rattled just like that. It's it's not the same as last week. You know, that game ended up being close with Pat going out. Um, it's not the same as last week. Where if you're down, to, if you're up ten, the game's over. This Josh Allen can throw the ball sixty-five times this game. But they, they don't have to run. Yeah, and especially um, with Diggs too, who can score anytime he touches the ball. Um, big play offense. But th- just for a second, like that interception by Tyran. I think he flipped his hips. Like he must have changed direction like two or three times on that play before finally like breaking on that ball. Just an insane play. Um, and he's going to go – like, if this does become a little mini Chiefs dynasty, like, you know, I'm happy for him because, like, that is a big piece of this legacy because he is – like, in these in these dynasties, like, that are that have great, like, offenses and great quarterbacks, like, there's always, like, one or two defensive players. You know, yeah, obviously they never have elite defenses, but, you know, there's always, like, yeah, one – like, there's, like, the Pats have a Rodney Harrison or a Richard Seymour or – you know, a Devin McCourty or, you know, someone like that. Like, Tyran can be that guy for the Chiefs along with Chris Jones um, because he's a total game changer. And we saw last week, too, against the run, like, at least early in that game, every play flying downfield, setting the edge, mm-hmm. up field. not that the Bills will try to run the ball, but um, just a phenomenal player all around. It's It's so funny because, you know – Traditionally, you know, the lowest paying positions in the NFL we see are usually tight end and safety. Um, those are arguably the two most important players on on the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, a few years ago, it, it's really hard to even remember that Tyran had 
had to have a one-year prove-it deal in Houston right? because nobody wanted to pay a safety. You know, it was when the Chargers didn't want to pay Weddle. Just, it's, and then just like that, the league's playing 80% nickel. You need at least two, three good safeties. You need guys who can play both the, the, the nickel and up high. Um, Tyran Ty might be a Hall of Famer, too, if they get this frame. Oh, I think he's already a Hall of Famer, personally. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what his career numbers look like, but, yeah. you know, it's it's if they win this, you know, it's it's that thing where it's, can you tell the story of the NFL without – Right, this guy. So, and um, yeah, that's what I was. You you said it much better than I was trying to earlier. But that's kind of what I was getting at. Like every dynasty has that one or two like defensive players. Um, exactly. Like part of the narrative, you know, is Mahomes and the offense. But you know, when they needed a big play on defense, it was Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones. Um, you know, rushing the yeah. back and you know getting their hands on the ball. You know, because obviously don't want to look ahead. If Tyron gets a pick six and the game wins MVP, it's like, but you can't you can't tell the story of the NFL without Tyron Matthew. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be an exciting week of games. Obviously, um, really flew by. Three more football games to watch. Yeah. In this COVID season, don't want to get too teary eyed. Stay in that. We almost really made it. Though. We're almost there to the finish line. At least we are almost there to the finish line. Right. Um. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a very interesting season. Um, you know, the NFL didn't cancel any games like we predicted because they just didn't care what anybody else said. It didn't care about positive cases. Um, had a few postponements. Um, managed to see an NFL game played on every day of the week this season, which is just amazing. You know, it's everybody's dream. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there was a point where the Steelers hadn't played on a Sunday in a month. Yeah. Yeah, prime time. Um, it had nothing to it had nothing to do with them. Yeah. Um, but they just played uh they played like Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday. It was the weirdest stretch of games ever. Um but yeah, I'm excited. You know, my my preseason Super Bowl pick, we were talking, I went back and listened to our preseason prediction episode, and my preseason Super Bowl pick was Bucks at or Chiefs at Bucks, um, with the Chiefs winning that game. So, you know, maybe I can get that right. Uh, Duncan, I'm sorry that your prediction didn't end up working out. Yeah, mine was, I believe, Ravens over Eagles, obviously. Did not get the bird bowl this year. Yeah, right. You know, week one, when they blew the lead to the football team, it wasn't looking good. Um, So, you know, not great. But right before we get off here, I just want to go through a quick, while we still have these four quarterbacks, you know, alive in the playoffs, just quickly, just think about, like, what it would mean for each one to get a ring. Other than Tom, because Tom's legacy is kind of already what it is. You know, Rodgers getting a second ring, I think it put us puts him right next to Peyton Manning um, on that scale of, you know, elite regular season player and multiple rings, although Rodgers has been, you know, much better than yeah, see, the playoffs. Getting that second ring would be a huge jump for him. Yeah, and you and I have this talk a lot, is that there, there's two different arguments. Um, you know, you can't compare players – in different positions, but like the quarterback position, you can, there's the best, I, I tell you this every week, there's the best quarterback of all time. There's the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. And I'm you referring know, to greatest here. Cause I mean, best is yes. what it is. Like that doesn't really change. Yes. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback, greatest football player to ever touch the planet of the earth. Um, but you know, on, in the other conference, I believe 
I mean, Rodgers and Pat Mahomes are the best quarterbacks ever grace the football field. Right, yeah. Um, you know, that, that, Reno and Elway were probably in there. You know, those two arguments, you know, obviously you can have a combination of both. Um, but those – splitting that into two arguments, you know, it's an accolades versus talent. Uh, it's 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 two different questions because very there's, legit there's, there's so many greats at that list that I think you have to split them up at that point. Yeah. Um, but you know, Rogers Rogers getting another ring is is one of the f- few guys to ever have both with the accolades and the raw talent. Exactly. Um, um, and then like if you look at a guy like Josh Allen getting <laughs> first ring, that would be I, that would just be so great to the league for the league because that gives you know, Patrick Mahomes, a guy who we all think is going to win, you know. It's going to, it's going to ruin the NFL draft. It's going to, it's going to get so many scouts fired. Yeah. Because we're going to watch a guy who played at Wyoming and completed 50% of his passes where if you're not familiar, league average, you want to be at 68, probably that 68 to 70 range. Um, Maybe a little lower, but a 50% college passer as a senior who, you know, if I asked Josh Allen to throw it out of the stadium, he wouldn't even flinch doing it. And if I, two years ago, put a trash can 15 yards in front of Josh Allen, he wouldn't be able to hit it for his life. And to come back like that, just the growth and win a Super Bowl at age 24. Not only that, but on the way, having to beat Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and or Rodgers or Brady to do that with exactly. no running game. Yeah. Just not even pretending to have a running game and an average defense, It's it would be absurd. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just gets to the point where it's an exciting type of kind of year because no one game, you know, at least in American sports, determines so much about players' legacies than, you know, obviously the Super Bowl and specifically the quarterback position you know, because quarterbacks are, you know, so often, like, how many rings does he have? Um, again, whether that's a fair argument or not. So we'll be excited yeah. to see what happens the next few weeks. We'll know a lot after Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing is just I feel so bad for the running back position. Derek you know, <laughs> Henry, 2,000 yards, it's great. These were the four quarter best quarterbacks in football this season. Um, you know, Rodgers, Mahomes, and Josh Allen are the top three MVP candidates. Um, you just can't win without the most important position on the field, very obviously. But it's none – none of these teams – like, is Aaron Jones an elite running back? No. I mean, I just I – think, I, I think he's a really great running back. Yeah. Um, he's, like, he's not a tier one running back whatsoever. It, you it, know, I've thought of this new doctrine where it's – Every, you know, every, you know, maybe once every three years, you spend a high pick, probably a second rounder. I guess it depends on the draft class, but on a running back. Yeah. And you get yourself like a Cam Akers, a Jonathan Taylor, you know, second round guys that can step right in, produce day one, and you, and you never give one a second contract and you cycle through talented second round guys on rookie deals. Yeah. And Really interesting to see what's going to happen to Aaron Jones this offseason because with what A.J. Dillon has done in the two or three games he's played has been phenomenal. I mean, we thought that was – outside of Jordan Love, that was one of the biggest reaches in the draft. You know, he was probably looking at a fourth, fifth rounder, ended up going in the second round. I, I think Aaron Jones is gone whether they win the Super Bowl or not. Um, I think he's more likely to leave if they do win, you know, because that's just kind of what tends to happen. Guys want bigger deals coming off a ring. 
Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to bring him back. And that's the best running back out of, this, out of this group. You know, the Bills have a guy on a rookie deal. Chiefs have a guy on a rookie deal. Bucks have Ronald Jones on a rookie deal. And they have Fournette on a one-year deal. So that's just the name things of the to look at. But it's, it's going to be an insane weekend. Yep. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, episode 27, uh, talking about these conference title games. We will be back. We're going to take a week off next week, and then we'll be back the week before the Super Bowl uh, to do a bunch of stuff on that game. Obviously, there will be a lot to talk about. Um, so, yeah, again, anything you want us to touch on, reach out to us on social media, Twitter, or Instagram. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for listening. See you next time.